You are now listening to the Roundtable podcast with Aaron Campbell and guests. <laughs> Honestly, been like two or three months. No, two months. Yeah, two months. Um, just quickly before we start, apologies for the audio quality. Um, I know it's not going to be as good as what I've been producing, but I'm literally recording this off my phone because that's the only thing I have right now. Obviously, can't go to the studio and record. Um, yeah, I guess. Just get straight into this episode. Um, welcome to Roundtable. Yeah, my head's all over a bit over, over the place. So this episode, I really wanted to spend basically explaining some things. Um, obviously, people who actually are part of my life and you know follow me and have seen what's going on, they know there's been a lot going on in the past two months. No, and I'm, I'm not just talking about like the lockdown and everything, but obviously that does play a factor into it. And while I don't think I owe everybody everything, I think there are a few people I definitely owe answers who I hope they listen to this. Um, You know, I feel like for me, a good way to deal with my problems sometimes is to just address them. Obviously, there's a lot that I'm not going to speak about because it's, you know, either too personal or well. No, that it's too personal, but it's just like I'm not ready to talk about it even. Like I'm just not ready to to go down that, that avenue yet. Maybe another point or maybe, you know, that's just conversation for certain people at certain times. But obviously, as you're aware, the show was just starting to get off the ground, you know, we'd found we was on streaming services got studio time, was actually producing, you know, good quality content. And then the show and me disappeared for most people would have been about a month and a half, two months ish. Just went completely off grid, um, following a particular event. So we're going to get into the, we're going to get into the event. Um, when the time is when the time is appropriate but i feel like to kind of explain i want to start a bit further back i want to kind of like explain my headspace and go back a little bit so we the best place to start is probably um honestly going back to the start of the, my third year so i had a very one track mind I'd kind of built my plan and knew what I was going to do for the foreseeable future. And, you know, I was confident. I was happy. Um, I had I had my goals, I had my plan, I had my timetable. And the only thing that was really getting to me was like this idea of like, this is like the final, the last dance. If you've been watching that documentary, um, the Michael Jordan one, but it, it felt like the last dance and like that was kind of, the main issue for me, like, I was just, like, getting sad at the fact that this is really 
going to be it for me and a lot of my friends. Like, not saying that we won't keep up with each other and whatever, but like, just, you know, people grow apart naturally or, and you don't, and you won't spend as much time with these people as you usually do. Like, you know, you'd see them three or four times a week in meetings and classes and whatever. And now, you know, they're going on to live their life and you're going on to live your life. And, you know, you're not going to interact as much. And it is sad because, you know, I love, I love my bros from back home. Like my OG group, like Raph, Will, Addy, Ryan, all them lot. And like my basketball group, like I love them. They're my bros. But honestly, like, and I know like they'll always be there, but some of the friendships that I've developed at uni are just, I can't even explain like over, especially like the ones that I've been like for, for over like the two, three years now. Like, there's a level of just, like, love and connection that I have with some people at this university that I know are graduating. It just, it honestly just upset me. <clears throat> and so, and, like, I was, so I was already feeling a bit, like, anxious, a little bit depressed about that, all that, all those facts. But ultimately, my first semester was actually pretty good. Like, you know, I enjoyed myself, you know, did some things I didn't do before. Like, I went to the, um conference or oh, my conference that was fun and yeah just generally kept myself entertained and just like came out of um good grade so I guess a good point to add actually is that I only did one semester this mod that module uh, um one module that semester so but yeah no I had, I had a pretty good first semester then Christmas came about you know, spent most of it up here, sorting things out, working, spending time. Then I went, like, just before Christmas actually came, went back home. So that's the time with family, went to see some friends. I was having a pretty good time. Came back to uni early January to kind of get back to, because I had work, I, I had to go back to work. And that's when... I guess you could say things like hit the fan. Um, so like the first roadblock for me, I guess you could say, was um, two or three days before my degree was set to resume. I got an email saying they've cancelled one of my modules um, and that I need to pick an alternate module. But the way my course is set up, it was, it was very difficult. Um, and then I got an email basically saying like, oh... Um, if this can't be resolved within X amount of time, um, we may have to automatically, like, basically interclate you. Like, if you can't resolve this within a set amount of time. And so, basically, I went into panic mode because I was... Because <laughs> by this point, like, also to get meetings with, like, teachers and stuff, it took a few days. So, the semester's already started and I literally don't know, like, what my schedule is yet. And I'm having to sort out things and... Honestly, my actual advisor, he wasn't very helpful. I had to go to, like, my the, this other teacher that I go to with all my problems at uni. Um, and, yeah, so I think it was about two weeks into university I finally got that all resolved. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm a, I'm a bit behind on my work now. But, you know, that's just a stepping stone and... Because of the way everything worked out, I had to do, like, a majority of the work this semester. So we're talking, like, I think it was... 
I did like 33% of the work last semester. I was basically have to do 66% of the work this semester, which included um, a media project and a computing project. So, but I was good. Like I was, this was still early days. I was still like, okay, like I've got this, I've got this. Um, but obviously I never really caught up on the work. Um, although like I would find time to do things like I'd never, I'd, I'd never managed to catch up on the work fully. I was always behind. Um, so then we kind of go, so that was mid January. Um, then we kind of end of January to early February. Um, I'm having some personal issues. Um, I mean, some of them were public. Um, I had the issue with the car, which everybody knows about. Well, if you don't know, basically what happened was, was my car went in for an MOT, it failed, which I'm accustomed to. My MOT has failed like every year, but like usually it's on the most minor of things. Um, but this year it failed on another minor thing, which was seatbelts. But the only way to get replacement seatbelts, it co it was going to cost, and plus the other little repairs, it was going to cost like 600 quid, which obviously I do not have 600 pound, um, but glory be to God, because we found a way around it, um, managed, my dad came up, managed to get me some parts, managed to get it down, so that, that obviously, when that resolved, that was good, but that, again, that whole stress, that put unnecessary stress on me, again, like, it set me behind a little bit more, just, just like, each, each little thing kind of set you behind, like, a day or two, and then, you know, how things accumulate, so... Yeah, I fell, I fell behind a little bit again. Um, yeah, but then I went through some personal problems um, off the back of some things, uh, which I don't really want to talk about um, right now, because not that I'm still dealing with them, but some of the things are very, very personal to me. And if you know what happened at that time, you know what happened. Um, regarding certain people particularly. Um, but it, it really kind of messed my head up. Like, it made me think certain things. It made me feel certain things. And I kind of went a little bit ha-ha kind of crazy, like, where I was just ready to, like, risk it all and just, like, throw myself, like, into being mad. Um, but, yeah, I mean... I worked, I worked through it, you know, I did what I needed to do, and honestly, the most healing, like, experience I had was going to Weekend Away, which has been, Weekend Away is, like, one of my two highlights of this, this 2020 has been shambolic, but Weekend Away is one of my two highlights, the other one being the, um, going to watch Jonas Brothers concert, which was uh, earlier in the year, and I really enjoyed that. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, we get to Weekend Away, so this is kind of like a higher point because, you know, with everything, like, I had a lot of personal things going on at that point, and it was just good to get away and take, like, a break. Excuse me. And take, like, a break from everything and just kind of have some peace and, you know, reconnect with God and just really have that, that fresh awakening again. <clears throat> you know, I left Weekend Away feeling supercharged. 
and like really good and ready to face the world and yeah let's go let's do this you know what I mean um but I very quickly found myself kind of burning and crashing out again um you know literally we're talking days afterwards and I haven't really been able to recapture that level of fire since um there was another thing that happened I now I can't remember specifically if it was before weekend away or I remember or after weekend away that it all happened but I'm I'm pretty sure it was either I'm pretty sure it was after but it may have been before but um basically I was having a really bad day I was not in the mood to do anything um but I had agreed to go to a um dinner party and I think people could just tell I wasn't in the mood anyway got a call found an excuse to leave left the dinner party and um I don't want to like get into the specifics because you know that's disrespectful to the girl and everything um but my friend was going through let's just let's just say my friend was going through a very difficult time like a very very difficult time and you know me being somebody who's who's went through kind of similar difficulty well almost identical difficulties and just someone who who cares and loves anyway like I just wanted to be there for her and I pretty much you know turned off my life for a week two weeks almost um just ensuring that you know she was getting the, the care and the support that she needed and you know helping out other people as well as and when they needed it because obviously there was things going on there was drama surrounding everything and you know people were feeling some types of ways about things and I was just trying to be that steady hand that kind of just tried to help people because you know I've had a lot of experience myself you know I just try and support people best way I can but and this is the thing like because I'm, I'm she's probably be listening as well um I don't regret a single second like if something like happens again to any of my friends I would jump in a heartbeat but I do have to like I and I think it's not a secret to the fact that that was very emotionally draining and to an extent physically draining I wasn't sleeping you know I was up 24 7 because I was worrying about people I was trying to take care of people I was just I wasn't eating I wasn't sleeping um so obviously it wasn't good for my mental or physical health but that being said and I guess you know it's just who I am as a person it literally in a heartbeat I would do it again for any of my friends because you know I love my friends but that that really that really put me to a point where you know I'd already had this super tough start to my year academically I was behind on my work I then had personal issues issues with my car and that had just drained me and then you know it, and then to come to come away from weekend away and you know feel really good and then just have that burnout that that brought me down and now this whole situation I was just at a point where mentally and physically I was just defeated. I was just finished. You know, I was putting on a brave face with people, but I had nothing left in me. 
and that's when I had to start campaigning. So I guess we get to the to the meat and potatoes of this story. Well, not really, but you know, the part that I guess a lot of people kind of want to hear about because this is the part where I disappeared. So as most of you will already know, I ran for an SU full-time position this year. So for those of you who don't know, um, each university has a student's union and each student's union has like roles that's, that that um, mem- like university people can take, like students and stuff. And there are five full-time roles. And I decided to run for a full-time role, um, which basically means the next year I would be working full-time for the university. Um, and the thing is, like, since first year, people have been telling me, like, I'd be good for an SU role. And I'm, and like, you know, I wasn't sure until I got to the end of second year. And I, I realized, I look back and just realizing, like, all the stuff that I'd already done to that point and just how much I wanted to make a difference. And the reason I went for a full-time role is because I didn't want to be just put into a role that people think that you should be in, like... They have like ethnic role and, you know, like that and ethnic officer and black officer and things like that. But I didn't want that role. I wanted a role where I could help everybody. And so I went for the welfare um, community and diversity officer role. Um, and the thing is, I was already at a point by then, as I said, where I was drained. I had nothing in me. And I had to muster up a week and a half, two weeks worth of positive energy, good vibes, you know, good personality. Yeah, I'm here to be for everybody. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that was, I was already in emotional debt, if you want to put it like that. Like, emotionally, I was not just at zero, I was in debt already. And I had to take out an extra big loan because I needed two weeks of passion and power, basically. And I mean, don't get it twisted. Like, it wasn't, I mean, it was hard, but it wasn't as hard as it could have been because I'm truly, I was and I truly am passionate about change and wanting to make a difference and things like that. So, you know, I just kind of bucked it up. But again, like, we're now getting to the point where I'm, you know, the situation has happened and you know I had lost sleep and, f- and food from there and again the campaign started and it, it was for me it was a week and a half of just non-stop campaigning again I barely ate I barely slept you know I would literally wake up on at, at the peak of it I would wake up I would get ready for uni I'd go, I'd do a full day of campaigning, and by full day, I mean, I'd be on campus from, like, 10 till, like, 10. I'd come home, and I'd prep and design and draw up and video edit and do the stuff for tomorrow. I'd wake up the next day, I'd post all the stuff I need to post, I'd go back to campus. And I had a good support network around me, like, I had a campaign team. But the thing is, is, like, even with my campaign team, like, they have lives as well, and, you know, you have to respect that fact. And I did, and... So they had things they needed to do as well. And so, yeah, like it was just a lot on on me. And during, and one thing I haven't really spoke about was, um, so about halfway into the campaign, 
Um, so I think the Saturday or the Sunday or something like that. Um, my friend showed up at my house. Um, and again, he was going through something very, very real and very serious. And just, you know, a kind of situation where you can't turn your back on them. They need your help. Like, so, and because of, you know, certain sensitive stuff, he had, he basically stayed here. He was sleeping on our sofa for a few days. And again, that was more, you know, mental draining because the thing is, is like I was, when I was waking up or when I was coming home, you know, the first thing I do was not make sure like I'm taking time for myself. It would be, so how are you doing today? Like, do you, what do you want to talk about? How's everything going? Have you spoken to X, Y, Z? Have you looked into X, Y, Z? How is, you know, how will we going on your development? Have you eaten today? No, you haven't eaten. Okay. Let me go to the kitchen. I'll make some egg fried rice and a bit of chicken, like, and I'll leave it in the fridge so that you have food tomorrow as well. Like, things like that, I was making sure that, you know, this guy was cared for, which again, as I said, I would do it again, I would do it again in a heartbeat, and I think, you know, he's doing a lot better, I know he is, and he's been reaching out to me a lot as well, as well as a lot of people have, but we'll get into that, so we reach a point now where we get to whatever day it was, I think it was Thursday. Um, so the Wednesday before I had a, I had a meeting, I did, did my normal campaign day, then I did a meeting, then I did a talk, went to a talk, like I wasn't part, I wasn't on the panel, but I was, I went to like take part and just like be part of the discussion. And at the end I did a little campaign thing and that was at that finished at like 7.38ish. Cool, I said to my friends, let's go to the bar. I want to get some pizza and I want to get like a drink and just relax. And one of my other friends who was there, she was still campaigning in the bar. And I was like, wow, like it's over now. Like it's done. Like you're barely going to get any votes. And my words came back to bite me in the most horrible way. Because if I would have known what I know now, I would have been right there next to her campaigning as well. So we get to Thursday. Um, you know, wake up. I'm in a okay mood. I'm just ready to find out at this point. At this point, I was beyond anything. I was just physically, I said physically, mentally, emotionally, just in every way time, just ready to kind of get on with my life. So... They would, they said that we have to be there for the, and this is, they said that we have to be there for the lunch. And so I went for the lunch. I went with my friend, Michelle, that Michelle had to leave. So I went to the library because like I was bored of sitting there listening through names. And cause I was, I was the last one on the ballot thing. Then there was like, oh, they're about to announce. So I went back to the library. I went, I left the library and went back with my friend. My God, my heart is actually... It's, I'm going to be like transparent. It is still tough for me to relive this. Um, so 
basically what they do is they they don't just announce it out loud in front of everybody they take you into a room they break it down for you and then they announce everything out loud um so basically what happened was was there was i think six of us running um and the way it works is it goes in rounds so each round the person with the lowest votes is you know removed from the race and then the remaining votes are split between the other candidates so because on the ballot you don't just vote for like one person you vote like priority so you'd say oh i voted this person for x first y second b is my third choice so in the first round i was 50 votes up second round i was 70 votes up third round i was like 80 votes up um fourth round i think it went back down to like 60 votes up um fifth round i'm like 40 30 30 to 40 votes up we get to the sixth round the final round by this point i was like i was you know confident i was quietly confident i was like okay you know we've done it we 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 worked hard and i i worked hard and i got this and in the sixth round there was a 53 or 543 or whatever it was margin swing and i lost by 13 votes so i congratulated my um the person who beat me um wonderful girl don't really know her like too well but she seems like a very nice girl and i'm sure she'll do an amazing job like i have no doubt in my mind but i congratulated her and i walked out went to the library collected my bag and went home and i, I wrote a statement released a statement to all my to all to all, all my socials all my group chats left 99% of my group chats and that was the last that a lot of people most people heard from me for over a month and for me there was a level of I'd failed. I'd let people down and I'd let myself down. You know, I'm upset. I'm still upset about it for multiple reasons. Um, you know, there's a part of me that was like, you could have done just a little bit more, all you needed was 13 votes, you could have done a little bit more, you could have pushed 13 more people, you could have, instead of sitting in the bar, you could have went out and, you know, found 13 more people, there's a thought of those people that said, yeah, I'm going to vote for you, and they ended up, didn't vote for me, that breaks my heart, I'm just like, that broke my heart, I'm just like, you know, can I trust my, and like, this is what I'm saying, like, you have to understand that, as I'm going through a lot, and the way I'm thinking is not the best, I'm like, but, are my friends, I started thinking, are my friends really my friends? Who didn't, who, who didn't vote for me? You know, who didn't want to support me? You know, I started to think, was there people that, you know, 
may have just said they were going to vote for me and didn't and things like this and everybody knows I'm a passionate person and I'm passionate about change and I'm passionate about people and caring for people and I truly believe and still believe I'm I'm the right person for the role that's not to, and I said that's not to diss the girl who won because I think she's going to do an amazing job but obviously you're always going to have you know confidence in yourself and obviously I would have loved to see a bit more diversity within the SU especially in full-time roles because you know part of the reason I ran for a full-time role was I'd always been, you know, since I'd started this uni, I would be, I, I was always told like, oh, you'd be good in an SU position. But it was always the part-time ethnic division ones. It's like, oh, run for POC officer, run for um, ethnic international, you know, things like that. Like that was always the roles that they would say that I should run for. And that never felt right to me. I'm just like, if I wanted that role, yeah, sure. But you're, you're, you're typecasting, you're putting in me in a box, you know, I can do more than just, you know, what you think. And since I've been here, I've seen very little colours, faces of colour in general on the wall. I've seen very few people who look like me, who, who, or who have any sort of pigment to their skin. I've seen a few, but I've seen very little. And it's disproportionate. And when you go up to the SE office, it's disproportionate what you see. And so I worked tirelessly, like literally tirelessly, to try and make a difference. And, you know, I was talking to one of the officers, um, not the officers, sorry, one of the people who work in the SU and... Um, this woman called Jamara, lovely lady, and um, this woman called Jenny, like again, lovely lady. Um, and we were, and I was saying like people don't understand like how much I want to win and how hard I've worked because and I'm because especially because I know in this university like I have to work twice as hard like a lot of people do. Like there's a lot of people don't realize like certain. Well, I mean, you people are probably aware of the privileges they're afforded, but. Especially in some other cases, you have to work twice as hard to get half, you know, half as near anybody else. And I just wanted to retreat into myself and just live in exile, like live in the fact that I failed and just accept that fact. So now we get to the the kind of big when when everything kind of then completely falls apart. So I had some people visit me. I think it was the day either the day I lost or the day after I lost. And like I love them, God bless them, but I just didn't want to see them at that point in time. I just didn't want to see anybody you know, people were calling me, people were messaging me, people sending me voice notes, trying to encourage me. And I wasn't trying to hear the encouragement. And to an extent now, I'm still not, I'm, we'll get into why that is, but. Yeah, I just complete. I was just in bed, depressed. And like, if people who know me, they know, like, sometimes I when I get in this way, like, 
I can just be in bed and sleep all day and just stay in the darkness and not talk to anybody for hours, days, weeks at a time. Like I've done it before in university. So I'm already in a, I'm already in a bad way. Then some other things happen again, personal things. Um, because even though I wasn't talking to people, I was still like keeping my eye on what was going on and something else happened, which, you know, upset me. But mostly it was just this feeling of failure and just disappointing myself, letting people down. And yeah, so kind of what followed on from that was the next month and a half, two months, which, you know, leads up to today and where I'm at today. So obviously, I think pretty much a few days after the loss is when the pandemic hit the fan and lockdown was engaged. So I was here in Norwich, which I still am. And they said, okay, everybody has to stay indoors, which for me was good anyway. But it wasn't good because while I wanted to be alone, I've always had the benefit before of when I go through my, my bad periods, you know, people do make an effort to come and visit me or, you know, I eventually have to do something like I have a commitment. So I have to leave the house. But because of all this, I've had no commitments, no nothing. And so I haven't had to leave the house and it's been much easier to just ignore people and not talk to people and and that's what ultimately helped me spiral even further into this, like, into this dark path. And there was and is a part of me that is like, you know, I'm done helping people. I'm done, you know, being that caring, supportive guy because, you know, look where it's got me in, in kind of like this self, this selfish kind of self-centered kind of way. And... But that's the thing, like, I need to remind myself, like, you know, you don't, when you do things like that, when you, when you have, when, you, when you're selfless, it's supposed to be, you know, selfless. You don't do it for a reward. Um, and yeah, I was pretty content in just staying in my dark place. You know, I had some very bad thoughts. You know, there's there's a set of videos and if they release, they release. But you'll hear it. That I had some bad thoughts and I was thinking some bad ways. Um, the only person I was talking to was my mum. And I was completely phoning it in for my mum. Like any, I used my, any energy that I had left. I mean, the first time she called me, I didn't phone it in. Like we had an argument because I just got annoyed at her. But like... Since then, like, I have phoned it in a little bit with her. Um, but then, you know, as the time went on, even just in this, this dark, I started to get slowly and slowly better. You know, slowly better. Because I I was distracted. But mostly it's because I was distracting myself. You know, watching TV, basically. And distracting myself from everything that was going on. So, I'm distracting myself. I'm getting a bit better. My birthday comes about, 
And for me, my birthday has always been a bit of a touchy subject. Again, that's personal things I don't really want to talk about right now. But, you know, what should have been just a positive day for me. And although I did, you know, have some good points of the day, ultimately, when it got towards the end of the day, and I'd seen certain things, like, you know, people did do stories for me, which I made a point of watching and things like that. I just reflected on certain things and got in my head again, and I just, you know, almost factory reset and was not in a good way again. Um, and yeah, like, I was just very happy to live in this, in this darkness, in this, you know, self-pity, in this, you know, only being happy by distracting myself by watching childhood favourite shows and stuff like that. Um, and I think what people need to understand is my self-esteem is ridiculously low, which, um, you know, may seem like contradictory to who, how I behave as a person. Like if I told people I'm an introvert with low self-esteem, I know there's people who would look at me like, what, but you are the person talking to the most, doing the most, but that's because I've always thought my, my tendencies, I've always tried to be more, do you know what I mean? Um, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a Tyler, the creator lyric, which goes, um, the loudest is usually the loneliest one in the room. And like, I feel that on a spiritual level, like, you know, I feel a level of loneliness because I feel like there's no one who really can truly understand me. And if you know every asset aspect and every facet of my life, or if you know, you know, even 50%, you'll understand why I say that, why I feel like nobody can ever understand me because I can barely understand myself. How would you expect anybody else to? But, you know, the last time I went into therapy, um, I had CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, main, it was mainly about um, my self-esteem um, because a lot of my, I was having really bad anxiety at the time. Like um, depression is a constant for me. Like I always go through highs and lows periodically anyway, but you know, through medication, things like that, I can usually counteract it. But my anxiety is like one that's a bit more sporadic and I was going through a really bad anxious patch. And a lot of it was to do with my self-esteem because the way I view my, I have no positive view of myself. And I mean, this was just reinforced on my birthday when I, you know, was looking at these videos and stuff of me in first year, looking how slim I was and like, how did I let, it, how did I let myself go like this? Things like that. But yeah, that, that low self-esteem just made me feel like I don't deserve love and don't deserve respect. And to an extent, I still feel the same way. Like, I don't, I honestly don't think I'm going to find love. I don't think I'm worthy of love. I don't think I'm worthy of respect because, you know, I done this to people, you know, all people wanted to do was look after me and care for me and make sure I'm good, like the same way I do for them. And I couldn't even let them. I just, you know, ran away, disappeared again. And, you know, what does that say about me? Like, Am I really worthy of people's, you know, love and respect and time then? Um, but yeah, so my 
you know, I've said to people, like, there's no point in trying to send me messages and trying to encourage me because I don't believe any word you say. You know, there was one guy who sent me this really nice voice note. It's like two or three minutes long. And he was like, you know, he's like, you've inspired me because of everything that you've done up till now. He's like, you've done a lot more than most people probably realise. And you know what? I wanted to be like, yeah, yeah, I have, I have, I have. All I can think about was and. What does that matter? I failed. So, yeah, needless to say, I've been in, I've been in a bad place. You know. And, you know, once you dig yourself that hole, it makes it so much harder. Part of the reason I still struggle to talk to... I mean, like, I've been definitely more vocal as people have seen. Um, but part of the reason it makes it harder is because, you know, for me, once I separate my... I, again, self-esteem. Again, my issues. Where I do not let people... And this is a known fact. I do not let people get close to me. No way, no how. And once I feel somebody gets too close, they'll find me disappearing more and more from their lives. Like, once somebody thinks, once I realise that somebody's getting too close, you'll start to see me less and less and I'll start to talk to you less and less because I don't want to get, I don't want to let anybody get too close because I don't want to mess anybody up the way I messed up. And so for me, when I, there's other reasons as well. But when I disattach from people, I can do it very easily. And I have no kind of, this. I don't have that innate need to reach out to them again eventually. Um, and because of that, once when I did this disappearing act, essentially, it became very easy not to talk to people again to the point that when... You know, we, we got about a month in and I was, you know, really upset and actually like, okay, I think I, I need to speak to somebody again. I think I need to start reaching out to people again. It was just, sending that first message was and is too hard. There's so many people I still haven't spoke to. I mean, I keep my interactions right now mainly to Twitter. Um, I don't really message people. Um, except to say happy birthday. Because I just can't bring myself... Like, this week has been the week that I've actually started to finally speak to people slightly. But I don't know how much longer that's going to go on for, even. Like, just doing this now and, you know, being... And I know it sounds really strange, but being as social as I have this week has actually taken a lot out of me. And I know, like, people are going to be like, but you barely did anything, da 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 But you have to understand where I'm at. Like, it's a lot for me. And so I, I, I don't know. I feel like after today, even I may just need and to, to step away again. But I don't I don't know right now, but it's going to be a while before in the same way. It's going to be a while before the virus, you know, heals. It's going to be a while before I heal. And before I'm really ready to readjust to the world. And that's another thing, like, obviously, I'm. Uh, I'm only going the virus like that's scary you know I have to be careful I have sickle cell trait I'm asthmatic I have to be careful I which means I'm not going out the house it means I'm buying in bulk and eating the same foods again and 
you know, I'm not getting to see much sun or going out that much because the thing is, I don't, like, I know you have your exercise, but I'm very conscious about going outside right now for both health reasons, but also with the police. And because people who know I had an encounter with the police, um, in December, which wasn't the most positive experience for me. Um, you know, it wasn't the first time, probably won't be the last time, but it never happened in Norwich before to that point. Um, so that kind of, you know, shook, I just shook me and it's like those reasons that I just haven't want to leave the house. So again, that's not been good for my mental health. And it's like also like the, prof there's no professional help right now. Like I know, like my friends are great, but like, I don't want to drag them through my rabbit hole. Um, yeah, well, I think, I think the best thing to do now is kind of talk about the podcast and finish on a bit of a lighter note, because I know like a lot of the stuff I've said is heavy and being a hundred percent honest, like I haven't even gone into half of it. Like there is so much more to everything. And as I said, like, there's a lot of things that I didn't want to address because of how I felt and how I do feel right now. Um, but today has been a good day because, you know, it was some people, my sister's birthday, somebody who's very close to me, it was her birthday. Another guy I really love and appreciate it was her birthday as well. And so that had me, you know, just reflecting on some good things. Um, so kind of the end of the story or kind of catching up to modern day, um, you know, I had to, I had to laugh to myself the other day because, you know, when I wrote that, that letter and that note and that, and that, that, you know, I'm done being the person you know me as. And I think to an extent that is true, but I kind of said to myself the other day, you know what? I think I'm just cursed to care. Like, I just can't help but want to care for people. I don't know why, but I just can't help it. And that was because, so, as I said, like, Snapchat had barely opened. Instagram, I was on, but I was using, I used my other account. Like, I have this account where I literally just follow, like, meme accounts, like Hackney's Finest, I'm Just Bait. So, like, it's not an account that I post anything on. I just use it to look at funny videos and interesting news and stuff and whatever. So I was on that account, so I wasn't seeing any of my Instagram messages or anything like that. Twitter was the only one that I was actually on properly. And I actually made a new Twitter the other day. Um, this is a bit of a side note, but I just wanted to give start to explain why. Um, the, the the Twitter that, I'd, that I was using before, it had become a very toxic place. There was a lot of toxic people on there. And I know, you know, one of the solutions was just to unfollow people and... But also, like, I had said some pretty horrible stuff on there. Like, not as in council culture stuff. Like, oh, if you look at my tweets, you'll cancel me. Cancel me. But as in, like, tweets where I said very dark stuff, very depressive stuff about myself and where I was at and where my headspace was at. And, you know, a few, like, Twitter feuds that I'd got into and stuff like that. So I just... There's other reasons as well, but I just thought it was best to just start a new Twitter and just follow the people that I know were putting out good content and just, you know, focusing on the positive. And actually, this Twitter's been a lot better. I haven't even really 
thought about going back to the old Twitter. But anyway, that was just a little side note. Um, so I went on Twitter and this was the day of the ACS confessions. So for those of you who don't know, um, and I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to, I've, I, this situation's done. What's done is done. What's in the past is in the past. But basically there was this whole thing around a post that was put up on ACS confessions about, about the ACS at my uni and it caused the whole big thing. And I, as someone who was keeping completely quiet the whole time, because it was such a situation that was personal to me as well, um, because it was something to do with something that I had worked on before and I had been a part of before, I broke my silence for the first time in like a month and just decided to speak up and say how I felt and how I feel about the situation. And then I reached out to one of the people involved and I was like, hey, like, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not in the best place, but if you need me, I'm, I'm here for you. If you need to talk to somebody who understands maybe a bit more, I'm here for you. And I had to, once I, and then, you know, once that had all been done, I'd said all this stuff and, you know, I'd been on Twitter defending and, you know, explaining and. I had to laugh at myself because I realised just how much I was instead of cursed to care about people like this was the same guy who one month ago had wrote a note saying I have no more energy to give I can't care for people anymore you know I hope I've inspired other people and I hope I still hope I have I hope that what I've done has inspired other people you know in this university and maybe one day they can take up the mantle you know, but until that day, anyway. And then my friend went on live to talk about certain things that, you know, I was just watching and then I just felt compelled to like console in a way and just say like, you know, you guys have done a great job and whatever. And then that put me into a real reflective mood and that's where I've been at for the past couple of weeks. I've been in this real reflective headspace where I've been pondering on everything, thinking over everything, considering everything, you know, thinking a lot back to, to, because obviously people are talking about summer 16, but I'm thinking about like summer 16 and then, you know, my first year of university where I had like, there's those two, those from that 2016, 2018 stretch was like the best time of my life, you know, end of college, start of uni. And just pondering on, you know, what, what went wrong, basically, where did it all, where did it all fall apart? And, what could I have done different? And one thing I thought about when I was like, what could I have done different? I actually realized like so many of the good things in my life have actually happened because something wrong, something went wrong. And like, yeah, I could have changed this. I could have never spoke to this person or I could have, you know, prevented myself getting hurt by this person. But actually most of these bad situations, you know, had a positive outcome. So you know, as in a real reflective headspace. And then, you know, my housemates have been, you know, pretty good. They've been supportive. You know, they've given me space, but they've also been there when I needed them. And, you know, I did my shopping a little while back and I just wanted to say thank you. So I did a brunch, did a little brunch for them. And... Yeah, it's just, 
I've been in I've been in a, I've been in a better headspace, like a lot better. I'm definitely not there one hundred percent, but I've been in a lot better of a headspace, and you know that's what's been able to. There's been some good points, like obviously the the um, no signal clashes and things like that. I've been brought me out of my shell a little bit again, talking to people, interacting with people, you know, saying happy birthday to people, and then the other day I was looking over the videos I put I put and. There are things to talk about in, that, in those videos which I, I'm not ready for people to hear fully yet. And so I was like, but I was like, I was reaching a point where I was like, I think, as I said at the start of this, I owe some people an explanation. So I decided to basically put this, I was like, okay, well, the best way to do it is to put it on my podcast and kind of get my podcast started again. So I went and finished the last episode I did which was the episode that came out a few days ago and then put out this episode. And yeah, I guess we're caught up to, to current day. So what happens from here, I guess, is the question now. Well, we're going to be in lockdown for Lord knows how much longer anyway. So, you know, there's that. As for the podcast, I definitely want to get back into it, but Right now, I really need to go at my own pace and my own speed. And I just ask people, like, to just be patient with me. Like, you may see me post something, but then not respond to a message. Or I may just disappear again for, like, a week. Or I, I, I don't even know. There, there's multiple things I could do. Like, if you're really, like... I don't even say if you're really my friend, because that feels, like, so manipulative. Like, but, like... Oh, I don't know how to put it. It's just, like... Just stick with it. Do you know what I mean? Just just be patient with me. Because, you know, I'm still processing. I've still got a lot to go through. But, yeah. I think the one last thing I should probably mention, which I haven't actually mentioned, is I am not graduating this year. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I will not be graduating in 2020. I'll be graduating in 2021. I think with the accumulation of everything that happened, I spoke to my um, my pseudo advisor the other the other week, and I basically said I can't do this with everything that's going on in my life. I can't do this. So yeah, I will be going through. I'll be doing my third year, well at least the second semester again. And obviously, this does leave the door open for me to potentially reapply to to do the full time role and. People are probably being like, why would you want to put yourself through that again? I don't know, because I care. And I, I haven't decided like fully that I'm going to run for it again, but I've definitely put it into consideration again. And I will keep it in consideration. But yeah, as I said, the podcast will kind of, I want to continue it and I'm going to and I said, like, the, the part of it is because I don't want it to just be me talking like this episode has been. I want to do episodes with people. So do, like, you know, get on Zoom or get on Skype or get on whatever app and, you know, talk over the apps so that I can still, you know, do a show. But obviously that means I need to reach out to people, which I'm still struggling with. Um, so we'll see. Also, in terms of the podcast, I... Once everything, once this virus and everything is settled down and I'm fully back, I'm actually changing the branding. Um, 
I said before, you know, Roundtable <clears throat> is what it was. Um, you know, when it was initially birthed, but the idea has changed since then, and it's a different, you know, format to what it was going to be, and I think the name needs to reflect that. But I was just using Roundtable as a filler. I think I've come up with a name. I don't want to really speak on it right now, though, because, you know, that's future stuff. Um, yeah. I'm guessing, like, let me see what the time is. Also, if you've heard, like, buzzes or taps, it's probably my phone or the neighbours outside. Okay, yeah. We're basically at an hour now. Okay. So, I don't really want to take too much time because I've said... I feel like what I need to say for this episode, um, you know, if you want to know more, if you want to kind of see how I'm doing, I mean, reach out. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna promise that I'll respond, but you know, do what you feels best at the end of the day. For those of you who know me, and or okay, actually no, for those of you who don't know me and have made it in this episode, thank you. Um, it's incredible that you've sat through an hour of basically me talking nonsense and, well, not nonsense, but you know what I mean? It's like, I haven't really, this is an entertaining episode per se. So thank you for the support. Um, for those of you who don't, who do know me personally and have actually made the end of episode, um, I love you. Thank you so much. Like. I don't think you understand, this is the biggest form of support you could have given me right now. <laughs> like, and I don't even know who you are, but <laughs> thank you. Um, you know, this episode is all part of me tracking my progress as well. You know, I said I'd, I, I've been doing the videos, like, from the day I lost up until, like, maybe, I think my last episode was a few days ago, to kind of track my progress as well. So, you know, thank you for that. Like, you, it means a lot to me. And, you know, I've got mad love for you all. So, I guess, until the next time. I know I didn't really speak on the coronavirus. Um, too tough. But I want to save that for an episode, I guess. There's a few things I want to talk about, like The Last Dance, coronavirus, Disney+. Plus. a few things I want to talk about. So, hopefully, you know, I'll find the, the power and the energy and the will and to, 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 to get that sorted again soon. So hopefully it won't be too long before the next episode. But even if it is, even if you guys don't hear from me for a while, you know, just know it's all love, it's all peace, it's all blessings. Um, I pray you're safe. I pray your, you, your family's safe. I pray you all stay safe. You know, just remember to follow the rules, social distancing, all that good stuff. Um, stay blessed, stay loved. Keep me in your prayers, you know. I keep you all in my prayers, not maybe not by name, but, you know, keep you all in my prayers. And, yeah, peace, love, blessings. Um, it's double A. This has been Round Car. Round, see, I can't even talk properly. This has been Round Table, and I am out. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like, follow, and tune in next time. <laughs>